Hey, Shaji, how are you? Hello. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, great to be part of your show, and thank you for having me. No, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, pleasure, pleasure. Thank you. What, what's it? What's it like in India with this pandemic? Oh, it's uh, only the numbers are going high because right now, uh, yesterday there was uh, close to fifty thousand cases, uh, which were, which was the highest, and uh, then we are, uh, you know, uh, it's third in the world. We are number of cases are only going high, which is really scary. But uh, you know, the but big cities they are able to control uh, now. Delhi and Mumbai, where the cases were initially going high. Uh, but uh, now uh, it's under control. Now it's only spreading to the towns and uh, other cities. Well, and as you know, our country is big and uh, the population is also very high. So it's um, it requires you know very special way or to deal with. Uh, but uh, uh, everyone is working towards it. Uh, we had uh, lockdown for the longest time, uh, and then still. Uh, certain parts are under lockdown, and uh, the local governments are taking all the precautions. Uh, but still, we have a long way to go, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine definitely. So, um, I, I, you know, I noticed uh, your experience with uh, the U15 or U17 World Cup in Chile. Yes. What, what was that experience like? Oh, it's it was a fabulous experience because uh, I've never done a World Cup before as part of an organization and uh, being you know involved in organizing an event is a great experience and uh, being in Chile uh, for more than 30 days and uh, you know uh, had a fabulous experience uh, uh, because uh, I could you know see how a World Cup like event is done. Uh, from uh, from the day one to the final day and I was fortunate that I was part of the inaugural day as well as on the final day as well uh, the, therefore it was a special experience and I could learn a lot and uh, it was a great opportunity to see those great youth players as well who will be the future of uh, global football yeah and uh, uh, we could see you know the way the team prepare uh, their commitment and uh, uh, the players uh, at that age itself they are very very professional and uh, i could see uh, the gap uh, between us uh, like say in our part of the world and uh, the world cup level i see what, what was your role there what did you do exactly uh, i was the uh, assistant <coughs> general coordinator uh, for uh, the uh, uh, because uh, we you know the general coordinator is basically the in charge for every match who is responsible to organize uh, the match on the match day and i was the assistant uh, to the general coordinator therefore you know uh, from the stadium uh, to the security to the ball boys to the you know marketing aspect the everything you know uh, the refereeing management the team management uh, the training venues everything uh, was under us yeah and uh, we uh, we will have team meeting you know match day minus two match day minus one you know and then uh, we will uh, uh, we were you know able to give uh, uh, the team best of services because uh, they are in a new place uh, we also new place but then we are like a you know at home 
and trying to help the team in every way for their training, for their transport, for their medical, uh, whatever they would require. And then to organize a match on a match day, you know, because we have a countdown in the 90 minutes before what we have to do, what we have to do, you know, three hours before what we have to do, 24 hours before match day minus one, match day minus two, match day minus three. So the work, it's a well-laid protocol and we just have to make sure that we implement everything as per the FIFA standard. I see. So there was a, a well-drawn-out protocol that had all the details of everything that you had to accomplish. Um, who who, who uh, put together the protocol? Was it FIFA or someone at FIFA? How did, how did that work? Uh, it's, it's FIFA, <coughs> the FIFA competition department, uh, which lays down uh, these guidelines, the protocol, and it's a manual there where you have to strictly follow every bit of it and and everybody knows that this is the manual this has to be done and we have to make sure that this is implemented uh, you know in every way there is no way we can have any relaxation but there were you know in chile there were some challenges uh, because you know uh, uh, the you know, like uh, uh, the capital city santiago uh, where you know the uh, uh, stadiums uh, getting renovated and it could only get ready at a dot you know before the uh, before the match day minus two and uh, but we have you know helped them in every way to you know assist in a whole process so that everything gets smooth and uh, and the uh, the opening game uh, really gone very well and uh, you know, the under 17 world cup though it looks uh, you know, a youth uh, tournament, but then, you know, it's a strict protocol. And uh, uh, so that uh, the game can be broadcasted live uh, in the best possible manner. Uh, uh, you have a complete broadcasting team. Then you have to service the media as well. Uh, those Some of them travel uh, from different countries. Uh, the, the, we have uh, somebody who manages media from our team. Uh, there's somebody who is who takes care of the security aspect we have a security officer for each match and somewhere there are more than two and then they license with the local security people uh, and uh, the police if required you know they also play a role and then the ticketing aspect then uh, there are vvips you know and a special guest then there are you know in the youth tournaments what happens there are scouts they travel as well from different parts of the world so we make sure that you know they get uh, the proper accreditation the ticketing you know all that so wow. it's a so, so, the, no go ahead please yeah it's a you know uh, you learn a lot from being there and you will be able to interact with so many people uh, who are you, whom you are meeting for the first time uh, and uh, they will uh, tell you so many things about their own country, their own profession, and uh, which really uh, gives you, you know, it's like uh, doing an, uh, you know, more than an MBA. Yeah, yeah, I spent, I spent some time in the MBA, so I know about that. So, but, but the, um, that must have been the logistics behind that is just, it sounds crazy. I mean, what was, what was the total number of staff you had on hand for, for the implementation of, of all the activities associated with uh, see uh, we had uh, you know uh, five five six venues and therefore each venue will have a separate team uh, and it will be you know if you uh, involve locally everyone it will be more than you know 300 uh, 
people who are involved and then there will be volunteers as well and all these people of course they got paid by uh fifa to implement the yes the, uh, the, yeah they you know the uh, everyone uh was paid and uh uh, there are, you know, the volunteers, they have, you know, different uh, uh, assignments, which you, uh, which they, they, you know, they become, because the volunteers are the big, big part, because without volunteers, uh, we cannot really implement uh, those big, big events and mega events, and they play a huge role, you have to train them, uh, you have to uh, give them uh, those basics. So that they they uh, they are motivated and they feel uh, you know part of it and they do the most of the work because uh, whether it is uh, managing the spectator managing the VVIP you know helping uh, the media helping the security helping the uh, you know the game day operations uh, they are involved in everywhere and uh, they they are the biggest in terms of numbers and. Uh, uh they, they and they are the most happiest and they you feel the energy in them because they get this opportunity uh, uh for them is big and uh and uh, you know their motivation you can't believe though they are not there for money yeah uh, they just want to be part of it and they just uh, and they get that opportunity to learn and some of them i believe you know their life uh, changes yeah, for that the, must have been that group. must have been challenging. How how do you motivate someone that's not getting paid for a major global tournament uh, with a body like FIFA, that's a multi-billion-dollar organization? How does that work? How do you how did you guys motivate them to? Um... No, see, <laughs> being a, being a volunteer, you know, it's it's your own call that you 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 know volunteer to be part of it. Yeah. So therefore, uh, it's not somebody is forcing you to be part of it. Yeah, so you come your own. Yeah, because of your motivation, because you want to be part of it, and uh, uh, that and that's it. And they get you know every support, every every facility, uh, you know, and uh, and they are treated uh, in the best uh, possible manner. And no way they will have you know a complaint uh, against anyone. And uh, because they are motivated that's why they become volunteer in the first place and when you interact with them you will know you know they are they really want to give their 100 percent because they feel uh, uh you know uh, encouraged that they got an opportunity to be part of something like this yeah and uh, yeah. Uh, it's 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 an open thing because anybody can apply for volunteer and they get shortlisted and you and they get you know so merchandising products and they 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 can keep those things for life you know as a as a great memory to have and fifa takes care of them in the best possible manner and uh, you know nobody will ever complain uh, about that yeah there were two other things you mentioned i think just because of my background i'm curious to try to understand um how you cater to these two different categories one one was the scout you mentioned the scouts coming in from different parts of the world I, I understand the importance of uh the u17 world cup as it relates to scouts because a lot of teams come there to identify upcoming talent from from teams and then especially international talent that they then bring into either their youth teams or their first team squads how um how did that process work so scouts contacted you and then you had to what what sort of accommodation did they ask for uh to be able to 
perform their job. See, oh, yeah. they need they need access to stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they they get the they they get the you know the tickets uh, to be uh, to be in the stadium and they register themselves uh, from say uh, big clubs. Yeah, where it's Real Madrid or you know Barcelona or you know there are all kind of clubs uh, from different uh, levels they come. Yeah, and uh, they they register. They you have to give them uh, the tickets uh, so that they can reach to the stadium, and that's all. And uh, it is not that you know uh, that they they ask for more than that. Do they buy the tickets, or or are the tickets provided to them? Do they uh, do you guys comp? The no, the tickets? tickets are provided to them. The, the tickets are provided to them as a complimentary. So, so if 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 for instance if you weren't a big club, and you were coming from. I don't know, club in India, professional club in India. Um, would you get the same red carpet service for the World Cup if you were not a Real Madrid or Barcelona? Yeah, everyone is <coughs> same because uh, if you are if you are registering as a scout, uh, you, know, uh, you will be treated as same. There is no difference. Yeah, do you have to be affiliated with the team or so? Like someone no. like myself, I'm, I'm an agent. No, if I if I wanted to come come there to scout yeah, talent. Yeah, it's a it's an official process whereby definitely the clubs also endorse you because otherwise, you know, uh, how you will know that who is representing whom. Yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Now, for the marketing, obviously, FIFA has its standard partners that are obviously sponsor the, the main World Cup and then and go from there. Were, were those the same partners that you guys had to, had to activate for or... Are there were there other partners that are affiliated primarily to the U seventeen World Cup that you had to um then See, there are, there are, yeah in the U in the under seventeen World Cup at that time uh the uh, see the there are uh, FIFA partners they remain same for every you know whether it's women's whether it's age group whether it's a main group there that that bracket remains the same but then you can add national supporters. Which is which comes from the local wherever the World Cup is organized. Like Chile will have few partners from locally. Like when India organized, and we have you know some local partners from India that they used to be called as national partner. But they have you know that category, and you will get that kind of services there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but the activation is all all with the uh, the the brands itself. You know they they do. Their own activation, and uh, and you and as per the contract terms, uh, you will get uh, the facilities uh, from FIFA. I see. So the, you guys didn't really have to step in to help them with any of those things. They had their oh, own yeah. staff that came down and. Yeah, so it's a marketing team uh, who assist them. You know, like say, if you want to put uh, a display. If it is part of the contract, they will get uh, you know the space uh, in the sta- in the stadium complex where they can display something, yeah. Uh, and that's how uh, the local team will help them because every uh, the LOC will also have the local marketing team to you know assist uh, the brands and the partners of FIFA. And uh, and if they're willing, you know uh, the FIFA will support them 
uh, and uh, uh, and that's how they they will activate locally within the stadium complex or uh, anywhere else it is not you know it is up to the brand what they want to do because there is no limitation there absolutely so with chile chile is a developing country did did um did you see any potential hurdles that the brands had to uh, i guess scale over in implementation do they have digital boards and and those sort of things in the stadium that um helped the brands or, or was it a little different what was that experience like see uh, the I, what i what i have experienced is you know the youth world cup is is also broadcasted across the globe you know more than 180 countries you get the live yeah and that is where uh, these brands because they are not putting any extra uh, you know uh, investment for the youth world cup or not they are not paying extra uh, to fifa or the local <coughs> organizing committee anyway because that visibility itself they rely on but again you know country to country it might differ because you know if uh, if you know, it all depends where the world cup is you know how it is taken locally how you activate and your local uh, uh, you know uh, the companies uh, what is called uh, if 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 the global it's us all global company how that product and the services are kind of there you know established in the local market then based on that they will take those decisions but again it's more of uh, you know the digital as well as the broadcasting uh, um, uh, mileages uh, they are looking yeah there were very little activation you will see at the ground yeah uh, uh, because uh, uh, in the in the youth world cup a majority of the time it is not that you know is going to full capacity the stadiums are not full many of the matches because you know they are uh, aren't like uh, it's a quarter final semi final final and if the local team is playing then you know it's is big yeah otherwise yeah. majority of matches it's is uh, completely you know uh, you see the viewership based yeah and it's not that the locals are coming in high number uh, for all other matches so therefore uh, uh, my, my experience is uh, what i have seen is that uh, they rely more on uh, the airtime and the exposure what they get uh, those live feeds yeah yeah and, and with the stadiums not being packed does that mean you guys had uh, challenges with ticket sales um and, and were were FIFA staff or the local or the local organizing committee? Do they have specific sales staff to sell tickets to the population? Yeah, that's how it worked, right? And it seems if the stadiums were empty, um, what was the strategy like to sell tickets, and how did that work? Or um, see this this strategy, you know, uh, the whole plan gets uh, you know finalized well before the tournament maybe uh, you know year two year back yeah so therefore i was not uh, part of those discussions i uh, because we are there only to you know organize the games yeah the but uh when you're there you really know that you know what the strategy they adopted how they are selling because it's more on the local organizing committee uh to strategize that yeah because the the income uh, 
uh, goes to the local organizing committee from the ticketing and uh, and uh, they create you know uh, the online ticketing uh, platform and then they also create uh, physical booths as well and uh, and they also understand where the strategically where the home game should be organized so that you get the maximum uh, out of that and uh, because the home te team needs the best of the support uh, when you are hosting it so that this is all strategy goes through through and it is uh, fifa you know, what i based on my experience what i is the local uh, organizing committees input is very key though there is a standard protocol what can be done what cannot be done so that you know you protect uh, uh, the value of the competition uh, and the image of the competition uh, you know to that level and uh, it is a smooth process but again as i said the you, you know the youth competitions are not uh, spectator uh, events yeah, and uh, i've seen that you know times like say, you watch yeah, yeah, you watch the game sometimes and you see, you know, uh, stadiums aren't so packed, especially in the pre preliminary rounds. Um, you don't yes. see a lot of... Like say, <laughs> yeah, like in India, when we organized, uh, uh, we created, a, you know, a record in terms of number of spectators uh, for the whole game, you know, for the whole event. Uh, and uh, it was uh, big, uh, you know, because many of the matches uh, had a very, very good... A significant number of uh, uh, spectator because uh, India hosted this for the first time and uh, we promoted it in India big way and uh, so that has that has helped uh, you know to really elevate the level of the uh, World Cup event at the Youth World Cup because um, India did very well. Yeah, I remember that. So the um, so for the ticket sales concessions um local sponsorships associated with the loc for youth fifa tournaments 100 percent of that revenue gets kept by the hosting country and fifa doesn't get a percentage of that revenue or how does it work see that i'm not you know the ticketing um, because it is again a case-to-case -case basis and i'm really not aware you know what is the right current policy but yeah it's it's basically to you know the local uh, uh, to support local football, and that's that is the policy was that you know the ticketing uh, revenue and the national broadcast uh, national supporters coming, uh, the maximum revenue uh, comes back to the local football. Yes, I because it's so. a cost to this to organize this event is a huge cost to FIFA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yes 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 because i think it's in the range of uh, you know uh, 20 to uh, 40 million yeah but, is, but the uh but the hosting country also eats up a lot of that expense in putting together the stadiums and uh, making sure they they have the accommodation and the facilities necessary to host uh a youth tournament a fifa youth tournament correct yes 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 because you have to you know bring up your infrastructure to a level um and uh, that is but uh that's becomes a great legacy for local football because yeah. once you improve uh the stadium <laughs> to a fifa standard you have training pitches uh to a level uh, which is global standard and uh, then 
you know other those functional areas where uh, you might you might not have built it but again you are creating it which helps you know to organize your local leagues in a better way and that's how uh, the media finds it better uh, that's how uh, the uh, partners finds it better okay they have more opportunities to present their brand and uh, the and for spectator they find it you know there are facilities which was not there so all the way you know it's uh, those expenses what the local government or the municipality uh, puts in uh, to improve the stadium uh, ultimately uh, helps uh, the local football and that's where uh, uh, you know the legacy plan uh, which is there you know in every world cup which takes care of all this part because uh, organizing world cup is one aspect but uh, you have to put a good legacy plan so that you use that investment uh, to the best possible uh, manner for you know rest of uh, you know after the world cup yeah which yeah. is key yeah absolutely can you um elaborate a little bit about the legacy plan because most people aren't familiar with what that is when a country decides to host uh, a world yes. cup Yes, yes. You know, uh, for any World Cup or any big event, uh, the legacy plan is what is uh, uh, the return on investment is. Yeah, and uh, that is where you know some of the countries have failed, where they haven't really thought through, they haven't had a practical plan, and uh, and that should not be done. And uh, in the uh, in the whether it is youth World Cup, whether it's the main World Cup, the legacy plan. It should be, you know, uh, the plan which has to have a great focus, and and this work, you know, continues, uh, and the team which plans this, which and they should be there for a longer time, and sometimes what happens, the legacy plan is done by uh, the LOC, uh, and and uh, and then they leave the LOC because LOC is a temporary thing till the World Cup organization, and if you if you have that team handling legacy, then you will fail. Therefore, it is very important that see the legacy is what you know how best the stadium infrastructure can be used, how best the games uh, you know you build a popularity for the game. You know, in a place like say India, where uh, the football is still you know growing, yeah, and we need to popularize the game. Therefore, if you host the Under-17 World Cup, in what all way you know uh, the game gets lifted. But then you use those, you know, where you lifted the game, then how you use that to continuously develop and engage and, you know, popularize the game. Yeah, say so like, say, I give an example. Okay, you are building a new, you know, training pitches for World Cup. Yeah, mm -hmm. for uh, at a venue you have built uh, from scratch. Yeah, but you, have, you already need to have plan. Okay, how that will be used post the World Cup. Who will use it? How you will use it? So that that investment really don't you know get wasted after the World Cup. Nobody is using it, and it's it's been you know lying like this, and its entire investment has gone to you know uh, dustbin. It should not happen. So therefore, you need to see. Okay, the local club will be you know using this pitch, you know, for rest of their life, you know, and. That's how, and they will maintain it because building something is easy sometimes, but you really don't have a plan to maintain it. So therefore, legacy plan takes care. Okay, this is the way you will maintain it and you will sustain it because the government, you cannot go every time to government and say, oh, 
you know we need further investment to improve to maintain to you know build it no we need to see okay if we have built four pitches uh, in overall country you know we have built 24 pitches okay how best that can be used you know and that becomes sustainable and that really you know uh, uh, always you know helps in developing building you know new things and you know it helps the local community because legacy we should not forget the local community should get involved the local club should involve you know the player should benefit uh, the stakeholder should benefit you know so every uh, it you know sometimes what happens uh, uh, we have a you know legacy plan for the country but we don't really go down and plan a legacy uh, for the local community yeah and uh, that's where you know some of the mistake happens uh that's why you know the for a legacy plan to be successful you have to have the right people and they those people should continue to be there so therefore in a football scenario the legacy plan should be done by the fa yeah the like say the technical department the strategic department you know uh, the development department should be part of it yeah so that they are there you know they are not concerned with you know what happens with the world cup you know they are concerned with development of football you know whether it is world cup no world cup they have to continuously focus on development yeah so they will they will see okay world cup will have you know uh, we will achieve this 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 yeah and then okay how we can use those you know uh, factors for development of football using the infrastructure using uh, you know we get so many media lines yeah the coverage goes up suddenly you know the uh, the engagement is really you know something fresh and there are new people want to get involved the new the uh, the new brands gets involved you know the fresh investment coming so how we keep them motivated so that they really don't go out once the world cup is over they continues to be there and then that's how you you know you increase their number yeah so for 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 india's case how did how did that how did that play out did um in terms of the one of the key things that we always and i've seen this as well is 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 the revenue that needs to be consistently generated outside of government to maintain and 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 keep that legacy plan on track so from your experience be heavily be having been involved in the india's hosting of the fifa youth world cup um how did that whole thing play out post the world cup uh, see, uh the post world cup uh, you know the good thing in india was you know the more majority of the training pitches were built uh, fresh in a way yeah which was uh, which was uh, really helped the local teams to be part of it except uh, say one or two uh, pitches the majority of them are used uh, very well and it has really helped the local teams and local leagues as well and local association uh, benefited and uh, what we had the, this was a floodlit uh, venues you know all the training venues were floodlit uh, which uh, which really added value because we in india you know the weather conditions are really you know very Hot. diverse yeah, yeah. and uh, daytime uh, to play football in certain region is you know very very difficult 
So therefore, the, once you have floodlight, you can really uh, put uh, uh, those your local league matches or big matches at the local level uh, evening time where the temperatures are really you know uh, low and uh, you get uh, to see good football and you can also attract uh, spectators there so that that way it was you know a success the infrastructure uh, the area what i see was the great success for uh, indian football being part of the world cup and uh, but uh, you know since i was there you know just uh, i moved on uh, before the world cup kicked off so therefore i really don't know you know uh, what whether you know those uh, uh, things uh, other than the infrastructure whether they achieved or not in terms of participation number in terms of uh, uh, the engagement player development uh, in in terms of uh, because see uh, my personal uh, legacy plan uh, if if i had been in that position of decision making so i would have done uh, the legacy was that you know india has played the world cup uh, being the host but my i want to be in the world cup you know next time qualifying and if you achieve that you know that's the legacy the best legacy you can give yeah because you are trying to qualify for the world cup not being as a host but competitively you gone and you know and that that would that has a huge impact on the overall you know belief you know among the community that you have done it through merit you know and we have made a progress yeah so that that we haven't achieved uh, if you know that i really don't know whether that was part of the legacy or not yeah but uh, if i had been in position then i'll definitely put that okay in in next four years our under 17 team must qualify and that is the you know the best return on investment what we have made to host the world cup absolutely no don't worry we'll make a we'll make a push to the indian fa to make sure that you're the next president <laughs> <laughs> but um so if 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 so with the legacy plan the intended plan was that um all the clubs and the local associations would be responsible for the upkeep of the facilities that were built as long as they're using it is that is that correct uh, see uh, that is a gray area i see yes, yes. Yeah. because uh, most of these facilities are owned by the local government and yeah. they don't give uh, the access as it happens uh, across the globe and that's an unfortunate uh, structure we have in india which is uh, uh, very very you know, that's a temporary arrangements by which you cannot really build a long term plans around uh, those infrastructure uh, which is uh, has to change because that's where the football community uh, should become you know stronger in terms of uh, having access 24 into 7 for life yeah and yeah. Uh, because the municipality still try to you know use some time those pitches for other reasons uh, than football which is absolutely uh, for me is criminal yes yeah, so let me ask you this what other reasons do they use the pitches for 
And I ask this because, of course, I've I've seen it in in certain other countries as well. But <laughs> I just want to hear from 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 India, you know, if if the local uh, government. Because yes, in India, it has improved a lot in that aspect. But still, you know, there are some uh, location where you see they will give it out for some, you know, cultural event, some exhibitions, you know, some rallies, yeah, because. Uh, those who uh, those who have those who have to take decision, you know, for them, uh, sometimes uh, they want to see, you know, they don't want to upset a local politician who is, you know, asking for it because for them, you know, it's a it's a clean area, you know, it's it looks uh, wonderful because and you know why can't we organize something here, you know, and then the decision maker hardly thinks, you know, okay, it's approved and. Uh, that's an unfortunate part, but it has, you know, uh, decreased a lot in last uh, two decades. Uh, otherwise, uh, it was a very common factor. You know, the stadiums are also used for some rallies, something else other than the football and sport, which is uh, there is a lot of uh, you know, awareness is there and the media really, uh, you know, uh, you, puts those across that this is not the right thing to do and that's how uh, we are uh, you know getting to see you know few of those cases now yeah so so i know the icc is huge i'm familiar with the icc in india and I, of course anyone that pays even if you're not a, a cricket expert you know you know that india is a world power in cricket right so they seem to get it right Right. Um, oh, absolutely. So, see, so they have, mean, yeah. See, yeah, uh, yes, uh, they have you know, uh, big, huge resources with them, and they they own. Uh, you know, if if they find a green area, they will try to take that because they can uh, upfront uh, pay the rent. They can maintain it. They can develop it uh, because they have the resources and they are the richest body uh, uh, of, uh, in cricket in the world. And they are, you know, one to ten in India in terms of if you put any sport in terms of resources, uh, in terms of their network, they are one to ten. The rest comes, <laughs> you know, from 11th only. So that's their strength. So they were, and they have a huge, you know, uh, 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 assets across india and uh, they 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 have eaten up you know uh, uh, half of the football pitches in india because uh, uh, you know if you, if you go to a college if you go to an university if you go to a you know village where they had you know declared this as a playing playing ground open ground but then they can go you know develop that and convert this into a cricket pitch and once you have a cricket pitch you really cannot go and play football, and it's very rare. You, know, you can really have two sports there. Yeah, is 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 so clearly there's an investment into into cricket, and of course I know the salaries in the ICC, so I know um, there's clearly an investment into that. Now, is there anything remotely close to the same level of investment into into football in the sense that um, you know is there a private framework for 
revenue or generation and maintenance of revenue coming into football in in the development in india See, uh, you'll be surprised like uh, if i tell you the budget of the fa in india yeah uh, like we are a booming country in terms of economy we are fastest growing economy we have you know uh, the best of the we have you know uh, many rich people uh, big companies um, they have you know uh, many in the fortune 500 companies yeah uh, uh, the the budget of the fa is uh, is only you know uh, 15 million B budget from who does this come from the federal government or how, how no they are from the because uh, the the from the partner from the federal government and including fifa uh, you know other grants what they get 15 million i would say it's again i'm you know if you see the current value uh, it may be you know 13 million yeah 12 to 13 US, million. US, us dollars right yeah us dollar and uh, which is uh, um yeah, and out of that 70 percent from is the from the partner and the partner though you know he's the richest company in india reliance they they are the main partner for they have the master rights for india and that's a great scenario for india because the the richest company the richest person in india is supporting football so it's a very positive development the last 10 years they've been a partner uh, but uh, uh, you know the whole fa a country for a 1.35 billion you know this is you know a smaller country has got better budget than this yeah so this budget yeah. is for, it's like it's a peanut yeah for a country yeah. to service football in a country yeah but uh, this is the uh, if you take the league or the overall investment uh, it will be you know uh, last last five uh, last five years uh, we would have seen maybe you know a 200 million investment overall uh, in football in Indian football yeah uh, which is uh, which is big because uh, the more investment is happening outside the FA uh, more private uh, people are coming into the game yeah because we have the indian super league uh, which is the top league uh, their their annual budget ranges from you know 7 to uh, 10 million yeah and uh, they uh, it's it's a cost for them uh, and they really recover only you know from 30% to 70% right now yeah. yeah and it will take time because it is in a developing stage the league is very fresh it's it's in uh, only completed sixth season yeah uh, and uh, it will take some time uh, for them to you know uh, get the value back uh, uh, and uh, uh, that will happen because uh, uh, the good thing is though cricket is number one sport but uh, you will be surprised to hear that in the age bracket of 5 to uh, 20 uh, football is the number one sport in terms of following yeah but yeah. unfortunate part is um, all of them are not followers of local football which is a again you know they are the followers of barcelona's manchester united uh, real madrid but then the good thing is they follow football now how you create opportunities uh, for them to be part of local football and if we can do that therefore you have 200 million fans yeah which is you know can explode you know That's which huge. is 
it means 200 million fans means you can uh, the value is you know uh, say 5 billion you can create the value of 5 billion in term commercial value yeah if you can engage them that way so therefore what i see is the potential is huge yeah the opportunities are there and and as you asked you know what is that you know the local people you know in terms of as a business case yeah there are now you know more than 1000 academies across the country which is you know privately done and they all are commercially operating yeah but it is still you know uh, uh, i would say 90% of them are not successful because you know they they don't have their own assets in the whole thing so we have we are a, you know very weak in the infrastructure part the facilities part because still those those academies those privately owned they use the school pitches or a college pitch or some you know a privately owned land and they really don't own so when you don't own the your cost of operation is very high yeah and then you are just breaking even most of the time unless you have huge number it's just you know one or two such academies they really have a, you know a return which is they say at the end they have you know making something profit and they are in green but majority of them they are there because you know they want to sustain and because they love the game or they invest and then there is a other aspect which is very negative you know and uh, you will be knowing you know it is happening lot uh, in lot parts of the world like you know they take uh, the kids to you know for some tours you know this joy rides i call it a joy ride you know they take it to barcelona real madrid uh, for a one week you know or uh, 10 days and that's where they earn the big cash and you know the rich parents they think oh you know they will come back as messi or ronaldo yeah they invest you know which is which is absolutely you know there there we kill football because we create that kind of expectation and those people uh, succeed you know most of the time to convince uh, the market okay this is the best this is a good way to you know expose your kid Uh, and spend that kind of money and the other good with the you know the pos- uh, positive and i would say there are people who are making good businesses you know there are 2 300 um, approximately there are 300 players uh, from india who are in you know europe uh, uh, in training you know paid training on a long term basis so there are agents who are doing it yeah so they they charge uh, say 2000 dollar to uh, 4000 dollar per month yeah and and they are studying as well which is a you know it's again it shows the economy the local economy uh, you know where the money is but you know some of them are you know taking advantage of that situation and taking them and uh, there is no one has really come back and you know saying okay i am ready to play you know at a level yeah but uh, one thing is that shows you know they are really motivated they are passionate about football and the parents also want to support the kid you know to get developed so what it shows is that the local opportunities doesn't exist of that level where you have you know where there is a balance of academics as well as training and there are facilities you can show them so therefore the confidence is not there locally but they have the confidence to spend money uh, at a european level because they see value 
yeah and 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 the uh, you know it is in the age of uh, 14 to 18 there are a lot many going and the demand is huge because i i get a lot of calls you know from parents from you know how where to send i got this request then i try to tell them the fact yeah i i tell them the fact what i'm sharing with you you know it's it's not worth going you have to find locally something yeah and try to see there is balance between academics and and football yeah and uh, people will always say that okay i can get you a training there here uh, but uh, uh, whether uh, the investment is going to have a certain return yeah if they are going for academics i say okay good then you can side by side you can play train yeah which is fine because uh, i always suggest okay think of good academic institutions where you know they can grow and if they have something in football the local clubs local academies will definitely guide them and help them and they will know you know where they stand because every kid you know think you know they are right every parents also think they are good yeah but when they are getting exposed when they know where they stand then they will take those decisions okay whether to continue to push uh the case or not yeah so if 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 these parents are paying these amounts to have their kids go on these paid excursions that's what i'll call them you need to name brand clubs in europe and, I, and i've seen those things before so i know how much they are that means most of the kids that are playing uh football in india call for come from well-to-do families is that correct yeah it's a you know it's a it's uh, in the cities is becoming a game for elite and in majority of cases if you don't have uh, the money you really cannot play football and uh, that is where you know i uh, become when i become the president you know we have changed a lot uh, because we don't charge a fee for our leagues. President in Delhi, in New Delhi. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, I'm the, <coughs> so we, we have the biggest grassroots program in India uh, with 240 teams uh, where under 7, under 9, under 11, and we don't charge a single dollar. Why? Because, yeah. you know, all the leagues in Delhi, uh, they charge, you know, from uh, $50 to $500. And I said to my people, you also, you know, somebody said, okay, uh, you know, we will be able to sustain it. We will be able to, you know, make some surplus out of it if we charge something. I said, you know, you, the everybody is charging and what is the difference you are bringing? Uh, and where those kids will go who doesn't have, uh, you know, uh, anything at home? And uh, we won't be able to identify uh, them. Uh, uh, you know and we will be able to identify them very late by that time they will lose uh, their uh, good number of years so we have opened up completely uh, and uh, and uh, you know though it's a very challenging situation because then you have to work harder to get sponsors you know, to get the funding yeah uh, and uh, and that is what you know we need to have a complete good balance in the system because uh, sometimes we forget that you know we have uh, you know 200 million plus who are you know poor 
and right. and right. Uh, many cases uh, those uh, those children who are coming from this downtrodden background they only sustain themselves in football you know, because they have the hunger and uh, they really they really know if we struggle if we work hard you know we reach somewhere and if you are not able to extend uh, the support to them uh, we are really not doing the right thing in promoting football yeah because we cannot go door to door and say who is having money who doesn't have money it will you know it will take years to do that yeah but we have to have that open system and that is what we have done and and during now with the pandemic we have you know made absolutely zero even for registration no no registration charges we we take even for academy accreditation everything we have made free till 31st march and for our leagues is always free yeah. is always free because as long as i am in that position will definitely you know be having that philosophy because uh, i have seen you know myself uh, how uh, struggling it is for you know children from those background because uh, you know to buy a, a football boot you know, it's difficult you know? yeah, yes, and yes, then yes. then then you see that you know uh, you know those branded kids you know everyone comes with that and then uh, you create a two different world but how yeah. you really you know tell them that this really doesn't matter you know what you do on the pitch with the ball that is what is ultimately will take you you know don't try to see you know whether you are able to wear those adidas or nike or puma you know uh, but you need to have very basic things and once you display something you will get everything yeah absolutely so the Yes. The professional clubs, the Super League. Ha, 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 I'm not sure how many clubs. I'm not too familiar with this. I don't know how many clubs are in that professional league. But is it is it possible that the FA could give the professional clubs some incentive to create proper um, youth academies that are free? Um, so that way, players could come into those establishments to play. Um, and they could get some of these young kids who come from uh, economically challenged backgrounds and they could end up playing for these clubs, which by the way, if they did because of the hunger and if they're coached properly, you know, there is the possibility that um, a lot of them could get uh, revenue back if they're sold, um, not to use the word sold, that doesn't sound right, right? But if they, if they end up moving on, to um, a bigger club somewhere else, or even another Super League club in India. So maybe that, I don't know, is that a possibility where that kind of system could be created? See, uh, the good positive aspect is all of these big clubs, uh, The we have 10 clubs in the Super League, and then we have the second tier league called is I-League. Uh, we have you know uh, 11 clubs there, and that number keeps changing. Uh, but all of these clubs, you know, when they look for the talent, uh, they they extend everything free. Yeah. Okay. If they are part of uh, their youth development program, if they have identified uh, somebody, uh, they provide everything free. But all of these clubs doesn't have the setup and a structure where they really can house them, you know, except few. 
so therefore these clubs are still you know in the process of uh, uh, putting the structure putting the system uh, because uh, right now they don't even own uh, a football pitch you know majority of them so they also depend on uh, the local government uh, local organizations to get even the training pitch for them yeah so that's a that's a very you know challenging situation but i think they will be you know able to uh, get everything uh, as basics uh, in the coming years and uh, they will also have the elite uh, program player development because because we are very weak in the elite player development there is nothing called you know exists because the fa fa only trains the key youth players you know and they they spend uh, maximum on them because it everything is free yeah their travel their uh, their education uh, their food medical kitting everything is free yeah so they so that's and there are you know uh, many such academies in india uh, where they give absolutely free yeah but what i am saying is you know uh, when you start because you have to start somewhere yeah and you will have potential but then you really don't you know come out of the laboratory and start displaying football yeah uh-huh. and you you have to when you start you know where you go and that that is where you know we have to really open up because we really don't know who are those talented who are not talented once they start playing once they have the opportunity to play when they have the opportunity to learn then only we will know they are talented and then they get you know all these facilities but many of them they don't reach there to be visible because you know they they are not able to afford to be part of a grassroots program or a local league yeah and that is what is required you know and uh, that is uh, you know it's it's not inclusive we need to have everything you know inclusive ness in our system and where you know the whereby the girls also comes and start playing football in more numbers what is required uh, irrespective of uh, their background their economic situation you know uh, they all should be welcomed uh, and that is what we need to do because unless uh, more children start playing football we really don't know who are talented and we will be able to identify the best talent then so right now you know it's like uh, the opportunities are still less compared to what the country of our size like in us you know, you, you know there are 30 million playing at a grassroots level yeah and in india even not in 1 million uh, united states has see- uh, united states has the largest youth soccer population in yes. the world so, like you mentioned how most indian kids it's, it's, it's the most popular sport for from 5 to 20 but then post that they don't play it's a similar uh, situation in the us um but he, with the coaching because i think coaching comes in as an important aspect in the sense that if you have enough coaches that are trained uh, then they're able to go out and identify and bring in and create programs and how does the coaching work with the fa do they have uh, specific types of licenses for um for coaches for instance last 
last week I had um, Khaled from Spain, uh, who's a UEFA coach in Spain, and he was talking about the system of how coaches have to get licenses in Spain and, and they go ahead and identify young talent. Is it is it similar in India or how does that work? Yeah, see the <laughs> education is now kind of well structured in India because uh, since uh, 2012 uh, uh, the system got improved because it's, it was only in 2012 uh, India had the first technical director. Can you believe that? Wow, wow. yeah. Yeah, and then onwards, they have put a system we have from e-license, E-D, uh, then C-B-A and Pro license. But what we have, the challenge is we have still, you know, only uh, 5K coaches. Only 5K, which is, you no know, negligible. Nothing, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. What's, the, what's the population in New Delhi? Uh, New Delhi is 25 million. 5k coaches even for new delhi that's not enough no yeah that is what is the situation yeah. is because yeah. we have still a very low and then again uh out of this again you know how quality how competent they are you know again because if you have to have more then only you will have those competent uh coaches coming out of the system and right. uh, out of this also they are struggling you know in terms of getting the right employment right opportunities and which is a you know scary situation because we have uh, 200 uh, a license plus the pro license we have 20 pro license and around 176 a license coaches all over india and wow. they are not uh, you know majority of them are not employed at the right place and if they don't get the opportunity to coach being having a license being having a pro license at the right level you will never develop as a coach. No, no, it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you are not developing and you are not able to showcase the result, uh, you are not able to be seen. Therefore, how you motivate the below you. Yeah. yeah. And and the cost of doing course and the return on investment is also issue. How much? How, how many, much is the cost? Does it for for the licenses in uh, India? Uh, in India's uh, situation, it is high, you know, for many. For few, it's affordable, but you know, for many, it is not. So that's again a challenging situation. How you you know make it uh, uh, you know something which uh, you know the deserving one really don't uh, stay away because they cannot afford. Because this affordability is one, but you know you have to get uh, the return back. You know, many times uh, they think, okay, yeah, this we can afford, you know, by taking a loan, you know, by borrowing from a friend or adjusting few months. But then you have to be sure, okay, I'll get this return back. You know, I'll yeah. get a better opportunity to coach. I'll be paid better than what I am earning today. Yeah. So that kind of situation have to exist. Though the potential is, you know, what what has happened is uh, in Indian football, you know, there is a lot of centralization in the system. You know, being a country like it's like a continent, uh, centralization is a complete disaster policy to have. You know, yeah. you have to decentralize as much as possible, and you have to build capacity at the local level. Yeah, Correct. and the, and that is not happening. You know, 
and uh, if that doesn't happen you really don't create capacity in the system and you will not have a local football culture at uh, you know in a vibrant at a vibrant level and if you don't have a vibrancy in the local system you cannot have commercial success uh, you know uh, in football and leave you know and you cannot really develop you know leave the commercial aside but you cannot really develop you have to empower people at a local level yeah huh? you cannot really you know centralize everything and think that okay you know we just need few people to develop football no you know you need as many people as possible huh? yeah absolutely and, and you need uh, you know as many children to play the game you need as many coaches to coach the game you need as many clubs to operate in the country yeah you cannot develop football with 30 clubs in a country yeah how we open up the system how we create an encouraging situation where you know uh, i feel you know proud to be part of it where you know i'm i'm motivated i'm encouraged i'm empowered yeah and and you need we need to really handhold you know how you develop the capacity in the local system is you really need to you know spoon feed them for initial few years you know handhold them you know uh, you take them to walk you know then they will start running yeah but you you know right now what is happening is everything is you know centralized and and the message is being given okay oh the at a local level people are not capable yes they are not capable but what you are doing to build their capacity yeah and how we are collaborating you know the collaboration is going to be key you know, in football uh, it's 99% plus is amateur football yeah across the globe it is just yeah. you know 0.7% is professional football professional. and right. we cannot really think the opposite that okay 99% will be professional and 1% will be amateur it's again you know having a wrong philosophy yeah so how we encourage you know amateurism as well you know volunteer participation where where you know they everyone feels that you know i am valued i am respected i am being you know uh, empowered uh, not being controlled yeah because we have to disseminate we have to you know join hands the collaboration is key because a lot of things happens in isolation they really don't add up to what you are trying to do because you lose resources like i say every time you build 100 story building each time and that gets demolished nobody even have a clue that got demolished because you cannot see debris here yeah but that is worth you know 100 million which is going to the drain which you cannot see and football cannot afford that or a sport cannot afford that situation where you are wasting your dollar which is not adding value to the game and to the community for me uh, first is community how you add value through football you know you think later how what football can gain but what football can give if you if we cannot keep develop that scenario we are not adding up because don't think we selfish that oh we want to develop football no what we have to think is how football can touch each and every individual who is part of the society and community they feel pride you know be part of it you know and that's how 
we build something and that is what is required and we and that's where you know the the problem i won't say uh, to people who you know take those decisions because you know they can decide based on what their own understanding their own comprehensive uh, their own exposure and their own thought process yeah and if they are not exposed they they don't have a comprehensive understanding uh, oh we can't really blame them yeah because you need a complete 360 degree view of the things and then see how things can you know uh, develop because development is a process which is never stops you know even if you know germany wins the world cup or france wins the world cup they really don't stop no, you have to you know keep working you know keep working and working you know more than what you were doing to yesterday yeah because you are running a marathon where you know there are 211 countries 11 211 participants with you and they are trying to chase you yeah so you you have to continuously run this marathon never stops so is it is it possible so you're you're the head of uh, the fa in new delhi is it possible where uh with a city of 25 million and um a few clubs present to have an amateur league um within that city that self generates revenue enough to keep it consistent enough i mean 25 million in new delhi that's the population of some countries Yeah. Right. I, I always tell people, you know, sometimes I'll use Croatia for example, right? Croatia made the World Cup final. If you look at the population in Croatia, it's not 25 million. Uh, I forgot what it is, but it's not 25 million. But they've created such a system there, you know, with professional clubs, with amateur clubs like you mentioned, where they've really developed a lot of youth and if you watch their players, you can see they're highly technical. You know, where you know, they're very successful. So even ideally it'll be best if you know every province and everywhere in India the FA is able to reach and create uh systems and like you said empower and um and build capacity that would work but then if you look at somewhere like New Delhi I'll just use your your city for example and uh, with that population can that framework be created where you would have these amateur entities and you create a business plan behind the amateur entities where they would then generate revenue those entities can now self sustain coaches can be hired um players male and female youth players can be trained and you've kind of created this ecosystem that that works and it becomes a model for the whole country right I don't know yeah, your thoughts. Absolutely. I'm just I'm I'm just theorizing here. I have no idea. No, no, absolutely. But, uh, uh, you you have you know uh, it's a very uh, the right question and uh, 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 what I would say is that you know we have the vision. Uh, our vision is to become a model football state in the country. Yeah, and uh, that what you have touched in. Yeah, and uh, we though we wanted to be a model state by 2021. but uh, we really won't be there you know 2021 because this pandemic has really yeah. uh, put uh, everything you know because we were in a stage where we have 
you know had a you know from a minus uh, revenue to a surplus revenue and we were really going right yeah but unfortunately the pandemic has really yeah, come came as a bad time for us because Correct. we you know i tell you two and a half years i become the president of the local association and this association exists more than 80 years yeah and delhi is a, a city and a state where there are 90 plus clubs yeah and we have a four tier league system and this is the only sport which has a league structure in delhi yeah and and there are uh, we have the second oldest clubs in the in the country yeah so that's a big case and and there was a time when the local league games were you know to the capacity yeah and there was huge fan following but what happened uh, three decades uh, they really you know didn't take care whoever was managing uh, they really you know ran in the way you know they really didn't add it to anything so what happened when i took over it was uh, a, a sick unit you can say yeah like and uh, you know there is no full time staff there is no you know nothing as far as revenue is concerned there is no plan there is nothing yeah and then you have all the bad practices you can think of yeah so you and you that three decades you know created a culture which is which was really not football which was you know something just uh, you know uh, like a very political kind of a system where your vote matters being a club means you know a vote to get elected to you know uh, and that that uh, is really the huge issue is you know that's a huge challenge because we are you know like a startup situation where we have now nine full time staff you know created from zero we we had you know have to have a new office to because we wanted to build a new culture because how you change if you go the same place you start working you know there was an office but it was not being used you know it was used for you know just uh, not for uh, the best of football reasons yeah but therefore i have to look for a space you know we have started like a startup yeah and then you have to demolish the old bad practices at the same time so you are not in a ideal startup situation but you are you know managing an a startup as well as managing a sick unit so therefore your challenge is you know more than uh, in a business situation it is 100 times yeah because you are you have to take work from people uh, who are you know not paid by you but they have to you know take their step yeah they have to move you know, you know and you really cannot make them sit and you know say okay you have to do by tomorrow no you cannot do because you know they are their own yeah how you do it so it's a very challenging situation the i just saying you know irrespective of that you know people there are you know uh, 80 to 90% of the people they have really you know uh, they well meaning people in the system so they understood okay we have to really change we have to really you know move and uh, and they they cooperated but we still have people you know who have you know a, a mindset which is really uh, a bit uh, not tuned to 
what you would like to have in the system because they still think you know what they have done in 60s what they have done in 70s that still you know they think that it can still prevail and you can still achieve you know a, a forward movement with that thought process that philosophy uh, because uh, you, you i also cannot blame them because you know, how much they got exposed how much they been you know uh, their capacity never been built you know nobody uh, given them the direction so that's what it is so there were based on this constraint we started from zero and now we have you know we have done more than 2000 games in wow. a year that's good yeah and the cost of operating in delhi is very high compared to other parts of the country now how many Because, how many football how many football pitches do you have oh we don't really own anything you there mama Sorry, I think we got cut off there for a second. Yes, yes. Now, uh, was, how many football pitches do you currently have in Delhi? Where, you know, See, we um, have, yes, we have many pitches, uh, but we really don't own any of them. We have, we have, we use two stadiums for our league games, which is owned by the government, and uh, one we got uh, some access because of the new sports minister. who is really very enthusiastic and he is extending all support to us in terms of giving that facility which is very helpful for last uh, you know 8 9 months been a great help then we have you know the college pitches we have the school pitches uh, that we use but we have to rent it out it's not that you know they are giving us free and if they and there is no rate as such you know it depends you know they are based on what they want to charge so therefore the whole planning sometime it becomes a problem because you really don't know whether they will have be able to have access to those pitches and we like say for our golden league which is the grassroots league that's the biggest uh, property we have uh, which is uh, which is giving us surplus revenue right now uh, in terms of sponsorship partnership branding everything uh, which we need you know 12 pitches in on sundays so we use every sunday uh, for the leagues yeah and uh, till january we used and then we wanted to restart from april but then the pandemic has hit we could not start and we have you know increased all activities from zero to this level you know uh, women's youth competition women's league we never had the first time we never had even futsal we are the only state to have even a futsal league right now wow. we had initiated a college league and then we have you know all this uh, we have uh, you know uh, c division a b, b division a division and the super division and then we are now this season we wanted to have a premier division just to you know add bit of value and you know build commercial value into the system because these leagues are all cost for us because these clubs uh, you know exist and they really you know doesn't command that kind of value except few Uh, because their fan culture have really gone out because last three decades you know they didn't do any of the engagement the fans have really moved away and uh, therefore it's harder you know to bring them into the stadium so we thought okay we start a premier league and we'll identify a community and connect them and then build you know it will take another 
five, six, ten years to build that again. Yeah. So we initiated a Premier League, which would be we could have launched, but uh, I really don't know whether we will be able to launch it or not because uh, uh, pandemic. We still not sure when we will be able to resume our activities, and uh, you know, th therefore we you know, and uh, whatever our revenue is, it's all sponsorship now. So we and Delhi being the capital city, the potential is huge. And to showcase to the rest of the country, you know, this can be done. And this is the way to be done. But again, to reach to a sustainable model, uh, we have to, you know, work continuously for next five years. Absolutely. Because, yeah. uh, you know, what we, you know, to build a capacity in the system, it requires, you know, 10 years. You know, where you have to continuously focus on every aspect of the game. And we are not that resourceful. You know, we can really do 10 different things. No, we cannot do. Because we are, you know, very thin. Our bandwidth is very thin. We cannot really, you know, we will bust. And we will not be able to do justice. So that's a challenge. So therefore, I have to personally invest a lot of time. Because it's completely for me, uh, it's a social service. Huh? It's a cost for me. It's a complete right. cost, yeah? yeah. And uh, I never thought I have to devote that kind of time. It's it's like a it's like a you know if I if, if I if I would have managed a company like that, you know, by this time it would be a hundred million worth, yeah, of return. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. The, that kind of time has gone in. But the good to see, you know, though I'm you know only 30 percent satisfied, thirty percent satisfied right now because. Uh, I really could not achieve a lot of things because the system is such you cannot really, you know, just flip it and change it, everything. Because at the end, you are working with people. Yeah. And you, you know, and you have to take best out of them. And you have to deal with, you know, 100 people in a 100 different ways. And you have, you know, as much, you know, only 24 hours with you. And... Uh, uh, how you kind of motivate them, encourage them, bring into the system. Now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to challenge the system. Yeah, externally. Because internally, you know, they've been part of the system for long. And they are used to, you know, uh, follow a certain path. What you have to do is, you know, you have to bring, you know, external competencies. Yeah. And challenge them. Yeah. If you try to, you know, take the internal route, it is more, more, you require more time. So the human behavior, you know, is uh, when you put them into competitive situation, they try to be the best. So how do yeah. you, how do you bring external forces to try to change the, so what I'm see, like I'm trying to add, you know, more people from you know the industry, those who have you know competencies, and uh, I'm you know making a personal request. Can be part of the system? Yeah, can you be part of the system? You know, we need you know this kind of support, this kind of help. Yeah, and so that the people see you, you know, not only they see me, you know. Because I am there, but you know they need to be motivated, encouraged by from all corner. Yeah, because I, if they see me, you know, I might have a bias, and they might have a bias certain way. 
yeah and then there are you know because you are you know elected position you have you know those kind of some politics which is there always you cannot really take out you know Correct. people yeah. uh, and, uh, and therefore if you have more external people coming in who were not part of the system and you are trying to you know give them platform to do things therefore you know you see change you know one or two clubs starting to adopt things and now what we are doing is we don't have a club from delhi who is part which is part of the top league in india so we are trying our best how one club from delhi can become part of the second tier league and that might happen this season yeah and if that happens then you know the other clubs start you know following that one club to be like them yeah and it will you know motivate uh, the system because uh, our clubs is very amateur and amateur is i would say won't say even amateur you know they are one man they are one man you know entities they have really not added you know the community around so if if we are not able to connect with the community you will never become a force yeah you will never get you know what you want at the end you know uh, that single person is putting his own hard earned money to make a team and and every season you know it depends upon that particular person how much he has got surplus or how much he can invest into football uh, because he loves the game that's all and that is happening so that you know we need to change because it we need to make very collaborative yeah, yeah? and and that can only happen you know with few sets of clubs and then you know others gets motivated because you cannot do with everyone the same thing because everyone will not be ready everyone will not be able to understand everyone will not be in in that position uh, to you know uh, take it forward so that's why you know you need to challenge the system you need to challenge the environment uh, and bring in competitiveness though yeah. you know it is amateur level so yeah. in the amateur level it's all about community participation and delhi the uh, the other major, the major weakness is you know this harder compared to any part of the country is because delhi doesn't belong to anyone because people here in delhi they are all coming from different parts of the country and you know you don't have an emotional connect with your city therefore you know you don't really think of doing something for your city i see and which okay. is harder you know to get any revenue out of anyone though you you are not saying you know this will give you a commercial you know return but you know in a in a at a grassroots level what you know many people invest because they want to do something for the community they want to right. do something for the sport huh? they want to do something for a cause but here that is not there because many of them those who have have ones you know those who are disposable high disposable income they they really don't have a feel for the city and which is a problem and other uh, other aspect is the the local government the local municipality has no connect with the game connect with the sport so i am trying harder you know how we bring them to part of it 
but yeah. you know they only want to have uh, with the big event like say where there will be you know big media will be there you know big live uh, broadcasting will be there but you know we at a community level at a you know at a grassroots level we cannot do all that yeah therefore you have if if in a in a different city or a different state if it would take you know your 100 hours here it will take the same thing to do 500 hours so it's a you need uh, you know patience and a different uh, kind of mind uh, to deal with because every day uh, you know you are thrown into a deep sea <laughs> no i, I, I can't. I can imagine, you know, I've I've dealt in several uh, developing countries, so I know some of the challenges that you're facing, you know. And I tell my friends and colleagues in um, in some of the countries in the Western world that uh, some of the things that they might not even think of that's maybe a routine aspect of putting together games or whatever the case may be, you know, in in the developing world, it's um, those things become more of a challenge. So I, I absolutely get where you're coming from. But from, from everything you said, it sounds like you've created something. You know, you've created a, a framework, you've created a, a pattern, you've identified a certain number. And my experience is those sort of things create a buzz. You know, it creates a buzz and um, you may not have the big media and all the glitz and glamour that's that those investors are looking for at the moment but the more youth you have in your leagues the more it grows the more numbers you generate the more newspapers are write about it then that buzz becomes becomes a part and and you could then approach those people based on the numbers you have to generate some of the investments you need to do some additional things. But I think even just from the youth perspective, right? Um, if you're if your leagues are developing some really good youth, and I'm talking more on the sport end, we yes, have a yes. touch on the academic end, which could also have its own domino effect, right? On the sports end, if your league is generating this sort of um, players, they end up playing for an India U17 in, yes, in, in yes. the Asian qualifiers, right? It becomes something. Um, so yes, yes. I think you're well on your way. You know, um, I know it's challenging because <laughs> I, I no, no, we will that. definitely reach there. Yeah. You know, because that is what I like about my life is you know because I took all kind of challenges and this was you know I took uh, this uh, plan. Uh, you know, I've dived into this knowing well. You know, what is the uh, you know situation is like. Because mm -hmm. this challenge, I took it because I, you know, I'm a resident of this city for last uh, uh, 15 years, and uh, I, I'm traveling across the globe, you know, to develop football. But where I am residing, uh, football is not, you know, uh, developing. And I thought, okay, I have to do something, and uh, and then you know, I thought of, and then I jumped into this, you know. Uh, uh, process and uh, luckily got elected uh, without doing politics you know that's a good thing because i have really you know uh, very fortunate that i yeah. you know it was a very straightforward and i've done all straightforward talk you know i'll only do football you know uh, and and if you 
trust me you know then elect me and it was a good contest you know because there was a gentleman who was a very uh, senior uh, guy who was contesting against me and we are now best of the friends because he 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 extends all courtesies respects and he's there every time wherever you know we want him so that kind of environment we created but again you know it's a uh, people you know there are people who are still you know uh, doesn't believe because they are they were used to operate the organization in a certain way and uh, now they are not able to so they are up in arms <laughs> so it's a it's is you know there and you will know you know there are people in every organization in every setup you know those who really uh, uh, really don't have any uh, you know uh, what's connect with the game but they are there for something else oh, absolutely and uh, and that's a fight that's a fight and uh, that uh, that is going, you know that takes a lot of your time as well which is absolutely you know uh, criminal uh, you know when you have to devote uh, that kind of time because some people create nuisance and uh, they think they can walk away they can get away and then you know uh, which is which is bad for uh, you know the game because it takes that much more time uh, to bring something good for the game yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad for what you're trying to accomplish. You know, it, yes. it gets in the way of your end goal. But I think if you, when you start to achieve those results, because from listening to you, I don't think it's a matter of if. I think it's a matter of when. When you start to achieve those results, those people will become silent. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and yes. uh, you can and you can move on with focusing on on some of the work you started. I think it's. I think what you're doing is remarkable in the sense that um, you're able to generate this and mobilize all the people you have you know i've never i've never been to india or delhi but i i i, I i've seen videos i've seen pictures i and i i have a i have an idea of how densely populated it is so i know you know how challenging some of your work can possibly be and i think even for me listening to you through this whole period i've i've learned a significant deal about just football in India and some of the challenges. The challenges seem like challenges that you encounter in a lot of developing countries. Um, but, I, but like you said, rightfully so earlier, given the population in India, um, you don't need everyone. You know, you don't need all one billion people to become football fans. You need even less than ten percent of that, right? And you would have. A very vibrant, and successful football uh, economy and 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 system. So, um, no, absolutely, Judge. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Uh, if you can believe, it, we've already done, you know, close to two hours. <laughs> but um, definitely, thank thank you so much, and for educating me, and educating a lot of people that are probably going to watch this uh, around the world and in India um, to listen to you. Thank you, Goa. You know, it was really great pleasure uh, speaking with you, and uh, it was a very, uh, you know, uh, what I would say for me it was an encouraging uh, discussion because uh, uh, this kind of opportunity is also gives you, you know, more motivation and uh, and also to reflect back also sometime, 
the way you know you the conversation were uh, gone through oh and uh, absolutely enjoyed this uh, interaction and uh, and uh, we will be staying in touch and uh, i'm sure you will be visiting india uh, in near future and uh, will be happy to host you and uh, take you around and uh, show you uh, the football uh, the way it is and because the words are something sometime you know uh, easy to state but when you see the action you know you will see okay yeah you know this this is uh, the something real and i'm sure you, you know you, you will have the opportunity and we will have the honor to host you thank Absolutely. you and, listen uh, i'll take you up on that because um i've never been to asia never oh. have so um, no 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 i haven't um I've been to almost everywhere else, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll love to come, love to come to India. Uh, you, you know, uh, I think given the population in India and China, most of the people in the world are Indian or Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'll be doing myself a disservice by not visiting. But absolutely, I I'm 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 going to take you up on that, and uh, and thanks again, and I appreciate it.